Welcome to The Anchor. Please join us for the next 15 minutes as people from our region share their stories of hope and overcoming life's difficulties. If I told you my story, you would hear hope. They wouldn't let go. Well, welcome back to The Anchor. Thank you for listening in with us today. I'm Rhonda, and this week we're going to have back with us Misu Cooley Andrews. She's a native from Indiana. She now lives in the beautiful state of Washington. And last week she shared with us a little bit about dreams being fulfilled in her life and how God led her in different seasons now of her life to a new dream that has been fulfilled. And that is she is now an author of her sixth book, which is coming out in March, which is an awesome thing. And I'm proud to say that my husband is her cousin. So (laughs) it makes me feel good when I go into the Christian bookstore and I see these books, which is really an awesome thing with her name written at the bottom of it. And it's truly a blessing. And so this week she's going to be sharing about her first book and how that started. Um, and came about through actually she shared a little bit about it last week a chronic illness that she has went through and how God has brought in healing in a different way than maybe that we wouldn't have imagined but she's going to be sharing about that and me Sue so glad to have you back with us this week well thank you I'm blessed to be asked back thank you um, we talked last week a little bit about in 96 I got a virus that kind of lasted a few days and then the symptoms didn't go away and it took about a year for um, for me to find a physician who actually made the diagnosis of fibromyalgia those were in the days before fibromyalgia was very well known and uh, so he he made that diagnosis and then life got back to normal kind of once we got that treated and I kind of got onto a regular regimen of exercise and um, our girls were older. They, they were in high school. They were active. Life was going well. 2002, I woke up one morning though and um, couldn't move my arms and legs and um, was having some trouble breathing. And I cried out just barely over a whisper, just help me. And one of my daughters heard me and went to the doctor. My blood tests came back a little strange, um, but they really didn't have any answers for me. And so I was in bed for about six months and nobody really could tell me why. Um, they, they didn't have any real definitive answers. And um, a few months after that, I spent about two weeks at Mayo Clinic. Um, Mayo diagnosed a condition called POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. I basically had a resting heart rate of over 120, and um, they gave me a beta blocker, slowed my heart rate down, and um, so that helped some. They confirmed fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, um, but by that time, I also was having frequent chronic migraine, and in 2005, the migraines began happening every day. So since 2005, I've had daily migraine and these other chronic issues on top of that. Um Now, I kind of give you that background, but then I'm going to take you back to about 2007. Uh, 2007 is is when I went to to a writer's conference. Actually, it was 2008. 
and um, I began getting some training in fiction writing. I'd written nonfiction before, but never fiction, and, and there's really kind of a knack to the whole thing. Um, probably the hardest thing I've ever tried to learn to do. And um, so I actually met an editor there. She liked the story that I had. And so I ended up with a contract for a, a two-book contract. And um, it was for the Song of Solomon book and for this story of Job. They wanted to publish the story of Job first. And so that meant that I needed to go through, as I'm writing the story of Job, I needed to go through all the emotions that Job was feeling as I wrote this novel, the story of his life. As I went through scripture, I, I read the scripture, I read all that Job was saying, all that Job's friends were saying. And if you're not familiar with that book of the Bible, let me tell you a little bit about it. It is depressing. So Job is ranting at God and Job's friends are ranting at him and they're accusing him of doing all these terrible things because really, surely he must have done terrible things if God has stricken, struck him. I don't even know what word to, know what word to use there. If God has messed him up like he has messed him up with because uh, Job had boils from head to toe, he'd lost everything wealth wise. He his children had been killed. The only thing Job had left was a nagging wife. So seriously, God must be really mad at him. So this is the kind of story that I'm supposed to be writing a novel about. And and so, first of all, why would I think to even pick that story, right? Well, because I felt like Job when I was going through my illness. I really did have some of those same questions. I asked God why. I railed at God. I was angry at God. And I felt like I was serving him. So why was he doing this to me? And my husband was a pastor. I was a busy pastor's wife. Plus, I was traveling around the country speaking for him, teaching Bible to people, to women across the country. Why was he letting this happen to me? And so as I was writing this story of Job, I was needing to go through some of those same emotions again as I wrote this book. And um, first of all, it was exhausting. But second of all, it was also really, really good because it helped me to realize again what many, many people go through when they have multiple tragedies at once. And I have to think about even right now at, at the time that I'm, I'm doing this interview with Rhonda, um, my sister, um, her husband has just had a severe stroke and he was, uh, he was dead. He was, and, and the, and when they got him back, uh, the doctor said, there's no hope. We need to pull the plug basically. And, um, he is a miracle. He is a walking miracle right now. And, uh, and you'll probably hear from him on, on Rhonda's show here for too long. Um, but I also had a, a serious situation with a surgery a few months ago and I coded. And when my, my husband called 
to tell my sister, you know, she had that to deal with just a few months ago. And we got home last night from the hospital visiting my brother-in-law. And we found out that my brother is also in the hospital. And so we had to call my sister and tell her that. So I'm thinking from my sister's point of view, she's had her sister, her husband, and her brother in the hospital in very serious circumstances within the last six months. And so, you know, from her perspective, wouldn't she feel like Job? And I'm sure there are some listeners out there who probably feel like Job right now. And I think the hope of healing for us Job people, the ones who maybe don't see a healing right away physically or an answer to our difficult circumstances instantly, um, for me, as I continue to deal with daily migraine um, and continue to deal with the fibromyalgia, continue to deal with the POTS, um, my healing comes in knowing without a doubt that God has a purpose for me in the midst of all of this and that even though this is happening, my God is still good. And as long as that's settled in me, as long as I know without any doubt that my God is good and there is no darkness, there's no shadow in my God, then I know that whatever happens to me is good. It's for my good and for his glory. It's going to bring about something for my good eventually down the road and for his glory. It's going to bring him glory. It's something that's going to be for his good too. And if I know those things, then I can do anything. I can deal with anything. And as long as I have that solid ground to stand on that my God is good. And I know there are a lot of terrible things that happen in this world, but I know that my God is good. And I know how the story ends. I know how eternity is going to be. And it is going to be good. And as long as I can focus on that, then my days, my temporary dwelling is bearable no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have learned that if, if, I, if I didn't have these limitations physically, I would overdo or I would become very independent. I would not depend on my God for much. I would do it all as my little, my little toddler used to say, I'll do it my by self, you know, she, she always got the M and the B mixed up. I do it my by self. And I, you know, I would shake my fist at God if I was healthy and I would say, I do it my by self. I would be very independent. And, and he knows that about me. And it's, it's good to be dependent on our God because when I am weak then he gets to show off. He gets to show himself strong because then when I do something that, that other people who know me know I could not do physically, it, it is beyond my strength to do that. Then they see God do it through me. They see that, wow, God is powerful enough to do that through me, Sue's weak vessel. 
And that's cool. That is cool. So, um, that, you know, there's something really good that comes out of that. So my healing didn't come physically. It hasn't come physically. It may, God may decide to heal me someday. I'd be really okay with that. But my feel, my healing came, I think, emotionally and spiritually in that I became okay with whatever God wants to do with me. And if that's physically heal me, that's go, That's great. If that is use me as a weak vessel, then that's okay too. Reminds me of something that I just heard. I was listening to a message this morning, um, and it was actually about how the angels in heaven around his throne are saying, holy, holy, holy. And most people think, you know, holy is such a religious term and all that. But what's happening is, is um, after she did some research and studying and everything, and the word holy means other than, you know, it means other than. And each time that they would say holy, they had seen something different about God that they hadn't seen before. He's other than this or he's other than that. They saw they saw this new thing about him and they would say, holy, holy, holy. Our God is holy, you know, because they saw this new thing about him they'd never seen. Like, and they were talking about how, you know, sometimes we think it would be boring in heaven, but it's not going to be boring because we're all the time going to see something new about God. And he wants to bring heaven to earth for us right now that we see something new about our God all the time. He's not a boring God. And you're telling me something that he's showing you that you haven't ever seen before. But if you hadn't have gone through this, you wouldn't have been able to see that. So you can say, holy, you know, you're seeing something totally different about your God Mm -hmm. than you've ever seen before, just because of what you've been through. Mm -hmm. And I just want to touch on one little thing here, too. You know, there's people listening out there that have maybe are going and suffering through a chronic illness or, you know, just suffering in a physical um, way. And there is that temptation mm-hmm. to, to turn to something other than mm-hmm. our God or other than trusting in the right way out, mm-hmm. you know, because it's suffering yeah. and it, it doesn't feel good and it's depressing. And it, you know, um, sometimes people even want to take their life or, you know, just different temptations might come. Did you ever have any of that? going through what you've went through you know I I when I was a a a younger woman um I had considered taking my life when um I went through a a hard breakup and this was before I knew the Lord um and because of the faithfulness of a dear friend that didn't happen um since I have come to know the Lord I have become very discouraged, but I can say that I've never tried again to take my life. Um, I have been tempted, however, to go back to old addictions. I was an alcoholic by the time I was 19. Uh, I had bottles stashed here and there around my parents' house. And, um, you know, in high school, no one would have known it. Um, I, I hit it very well. I was the good girl on the outside 
and um, no one ever would have suspected that I was drinking and uh, heavily um, often. So um, I, in my adult years, have always been tempted to mask my pain with addictions, always have been tempted by that. Now, I have a a fantastic husband who understands those addictions and he sees when I'm getting discouraged or when I am starting down that road of depression and we talk very frankly. Um, And so I, and I have what I have termed an addictive personality. I can become addicted to just about anything. Um, it, it doesn't have to be alcohol or drugs or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but I can become addicted to to just about anything. And so in my life, what I've tried to become addicted to is Jesus. So, um, I'm, I'm trying real hard to make him my, my addiction, my one and only. That's so awesome. And you know, what you're just saying there too, is having some support. Mm-hmm. It's so important to have a support system around us when we're going through something like that. So we encourage, you know, the listeners out there that might be going through this, not only to, if you do not know Jesus, to to call upon his name. He will never turn you away. And he's always there ready for you. He will help you. He can help you. And, um, and he wants to bring a support system to you, too. If it's not in your family, there's somebody out there. If you'll just cry out to him, he'll lead you to that person or that person to you to help you. And so we've got to wrap it up right now. But this has been an amazing story. And thank you, Misu, so much for sharing with us. And I also want would like for you to give information about your books and your website so people can key into that. Okay, you can come and visit me at my website. It's www.misuandrews.com. That's N-E-S-U-Andrews.com. And I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, all of those things. Just Misu Andrews. You can find me there. Um, the book that I'm talking about for the story of Job is called Love Amid the Ashes. You can find it on Amazon, any Christian bookstore. And if they don't have it in the Christian bookstore that you go to, just ask them. They can order that for you. Um, and my other books are called Love Sacred Song, Love in a Broken Vessel, In the Shadow of Jezebel, The Pharaoh's Daughter, and March 16. You can get Miriam in stores anywhere. So thanks, Rhonda, for having me. Yes, and she can truly make these stories come alive. She has that gift about her. And again, that's just a dream that she didn't realize was in her, but God allowed that to come to come out of her and be displayed for all of us to be able to enjoy too. So so thank you again for being with us on uh, at the anchor. This is my story. If you would like to know more about resources mentioned in this, this is possible ministry opportunities. Or to tell your own story on the Anchor, email us at anchoredintherock at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.